It's Friday, December 7th. All you're right, listening yeah. to the Glenbeck Program. Yes. Welcome to the program. We're glad you're here. Uh, Mr. Bill O'Reilly is uh, joining. Bill, do you have anything to add to this, uh, this Chinese uh, trade wrinkle here? No. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. A man of very few words. And, but you know what you know. How are you, Bill? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not. All I know is that for decades, China has had a very profitable trade policy with the United States. And in October, the deficit of trade in China's favor was at a record five and a half billion just for the month. Yeah, but it's not it's not helping us. Here's what here's the thing that I'm concerned about with China and have been for a long time. If they do deals with anybody here, um, they force the companies and this is the company's fault. They force the companies to give us your your uh, your your all your data, give us all of the plans, et cetera, et cetera. That's the company's responsibility. They want to make that deal with China. They can make that deal and not have a, a market if they don't want to make that deal. That's fine. What I don't like about China is the the corporate espionage that goes on in this country from China. They are all over American technology, and they they thieve it. They absolutely yeah, they steal thieve it. it. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the fact that the, the Chinese government, which obviously controls their economy, unlike the American economy, government does not control the American economy. That's a big thing everybody's got to understand. They don't take uh, uh, enough soybeans, Beck. I mean, they say, well, they're ah, not taking any now. You know, we'll take 400 soybeans, but we're not taking any more. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm making a, a facetious comparison, but we can't send them as many products as they send us because their government won't allow it. And that's what Trump wants to stop. So if you have to break it down into terms, even I can understand the use the soybean model all right let's talk about a couple of quick hits here first of all yes. um heather nowart is going to be the next ambassador to the un right and steve ducey is probably going to be her deputy <laughs> and, okay good and then, so and I... then what's going to happen is there's going to be a un cookbook coming out all right so all of these things it's synergy right 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 so uh i'm glad to see that we have the first the the, our first initial pass at this is very very similar um you know you know heather i don't know her at all i i i assume she's very smart and she's you know she's very good at her job but um the u.n ambassador is uh is usually reserved for somebody, you know, that has deep experience uh, around the globe. Yeah, I, I was surprised Kilmeade didn't get it, but, you know, I don't think he wanted it. So, look, Heather Nauert is a very smart woman, very well educated. Her expertise is in foreign affairs. She was a news person uh, on Fox she did uh-huh. analysis for me early on on the factor. She was good. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, hang on, just saying. News. Didn't she start on the factor? Isn't Heather yeah. the one that was in school with Al Gore? Uh, I don't know if she was in school with Al Gore. I don't know that, but I I put her on first uh, very early. Yeah, because she was smart. 
and and her expertise was in foreign affairs. Then ABC hired her away from Fox. She was a reporter. So I'm not really getting the angst, you know, other than, you know, well, you work for Fox. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's not my, honestly, that's not my problem that she worked for Fox. I just, you know, I... I I think Nikki Haley was was phenomenal, um, probably one of the best since uh, Bolton or or Gene Kirkpatrick. Um, but remember, Haley's whole background was in local politics and didn't have a strong uh, foreign policy yeah, but resume. She, but as, did very well. But if you're so, in, you know. but if you are in politics, if you're governor of a state, you yeah. do have international relations. You do have negotiation experience. You know, you're not a reporter. That's not the job of the ambassador at the U.N. I think you're denigrating uh, the repertorial squad here. I think I could do that job (laughs) at at, at U.N. ambassador. I think I could do it. Um, I I think think you probably could. Yeah. We would be in global war in about 20 minutes, but I think you could do it. we'd win. (laughs) And it'd be a lot more soybeans going over to China. Sure there would be. Sure Um, there would be. so, So, look, people need to understand. If you're an ambassador to the United Nations, you basically are an order taker. You're not a policy forger. Okay, there's a big difference in the job of Secretary of State where Heather was, you know, the spokesperson. But I understand that she had a lot of input into uh, what happened. Good. Um, But when you're an an ambassador to the United Nations, you basically confer with the White House and you are told... This is it. Now, you can make suggestions, but you don't forge policy. Right. Okay. Um, so we're talking to Bill O'Reilly uh, about the news of the day. And I wish I wish Heather the best. And, I mean, I want her to win, and I want her to be even better than, uh, uh, than Nikki Haley. Uh, because I thought Nikki Haley was fantastic, and we finally took a stand where we should and she was mm-hmm. very very smart the way she handled things and i'm i'm hoping that heather is exactly the same um but i do think this is a first uh for the heathers of the world uh to be yeah, a global that, that also gives more prestige to the name heather and it, that's it really does that back. thank that's you very what much we expect from you on the radio well, that's episode, that's that's the kind of analysis that i can bring to the table let me let me right. take you to france France Uh-oh. shut down the Eiffel Tower. 89,000 security forces were deployed. Uh, the president bent on this global warming tax, which started it all, which mm-hmm. now that he bent, now everybody is saying, well, wait a minute, I want something too. That's right. Tell me your thoughts on France. Well, if they, if they close down our bound pain, then I'm going to have to get involved. I don't think that's actually French. Oh. Okay. Um... The French are here. Here's 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 a real story. You you hire me. Well, I hire. I do this free for plugs. I I work for plugs, <laughs> not hair plugs. Right. Book plugs. No, you. I right. mean, you're very cheap. Right. You really are. You really are. Thank you. Yeah. So here's the deal in France. Nobody has any money. Why? Because the government takes it away from you in the form of taxes. And the quid pro quo is that's Latin. Um, we'll give you everything. So you get free school. And free health care, free retirement, six weeks vacation a year, Beck. And we can't Guaranteed. fire you. They, we, nobody's yeah, allowed to really no. fire you. Even if you drive a nail in somebody's foot, you can't get fired. Okay, so that's the trade. And then we take all of your money that you earn. Okay, so now 
the French average French person needs three things: coffee, cigarettes, and croissants. Okay, <laughs> you may that be. pretty much wipes their disposable income every day out. Right, it may be a little exaggeration, or or you know, uh, it's like the soybeans back. <laughs> okay, no, I all right, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Here. We'll go. With so it. when they raise the the money on the liter of gasoline, uh, they don't have it. And, you know, to drive from Paris to Nice for a little fun, uh, that's going to cut it. So that's why they're all mad, because there's no, they don't have any backup. You know, it's like, well, okay, we, we made our bargain with the government, but now the government's hosing us, as they always do taking more than they should in taxes and now we're going to burn down the well here's the amazing thing is they 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 all are for this 80 percent of the french people are for you know global warming measures etc etc the paris accord blowing so much tobacco and smoke in the air (laughs) right so so they're all for this but when it comes down to it when they actually see that the price has to be paid by the average person that's when they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We thought somebody else no, was no, going to no, pay no. for this. That's right. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> You're right. You, uh, you, you soak the rich, not us. The car's on fire. That's polluting the air. It's right. making things even hotter. <laughs> that's Come right. on, knock it off. Okay, um, so uh, your thought on, on does this peter out, or is this the beginning of something bigger? Because well, he's already, Macron has already said, or I'm not going to do it. Um, right, but so now, but now the labor unions, fun. yeah, labor unions, and everybody else has an axe to grind, and it's going. I think yeah. to Belgium, uh, is it Norway and England this weekend? Norway and England are going to have demonstrations as well. Yes, yes. Okay, but these are anarchists now that come out. I mean, these are the these are the people who want to open borders in America. Those kinds yes. of people, Antifa. Yes, uh, that's who's coming out now. It's almost like that's the left and the right are working so. together over in Europe yeah. to destabilize Europe. I don't know where I heard that about uh, eight years ago, but uh, it looks like that's finally happening. So, well, look, if you are going to the 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 message for all Americans is if you are going to allow the government to regulate every part of your life, you're going to get hosed. Bill O'Reilly, back with more in just a second. Bill O'Reilly, of course, the uh, author of, uh, I I don't know, he used to make fun of me. Glenn, you write so many books. I'm like, yeah, I know, you should write some books. It's great. We, you know, correct history, inform people. Now he's he's on his, like, I believe it's his 1500th uh, number one bestseller. Uh, still in the top five, killing the SS, the hunt for the worst war criminals in history. It's available everywhere now. It is a great book. One of his best, Killing the SS. Glenn Beck. <sighs> Bill O'Reilly is... Uh, is joining us today, uh, Bill. First of all, I uh, I appreciate the uh, email this week, uh, wishing us congratulations on uh, uh, on the merger. And uh, the number one question that many of our audience has is, you know, when will you join uh, forces with the evil empire that we are we are assembling here? <laughs> um, the world is changing media wise. Um, yeah. I, was, uh, I get 
ratings, cable news ratings, and network news ratings every day. Yeah, I know. And uh, the deterioration in the audience, particularly 25 to uh, 54, is startling. Um, you know, I, I, Americans are not getting what they want from television news overall. I have seen I've seen some of the ratings on CNN and the ratings on CNN uh, for twenty five fifty four are lower than the ratings we used to have when uh, we were struggling over on headline news. I mean, it's yeah, it's bleak. It's bleak. So, I think that, you know, consolidating your power uh, on the blaze with CRTV um, is a good, smart move. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about having a vehicle that's different and then letting the folks decide what they'd like to watch. And and um, also creating something, I think, that does not tell people what to say, what to do, what to think, how to produce their show. Just produce your show. And, yeah, you got to get good people, and you yeah. also have to have distribution. That is the key. So at this point in my uh, career, uh, we're doing very well on BillOReilly.com, mm-hmm. um, better than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to just wait and see, mm-hmm. you know, what happens mm-hmm. in the next few months. Anything could happen with me. I mean, I'm well, open you never, to a lot of possibilities. You never know. Um, we, you know, we've we've also hired a new negotiating firm, Vito and Vito. Uh, I and, like Vito, you and, know, and I'm glad he's on parole. Oh, he's you're gonna love him. You're gonna yeah, I'm love glad him. He's out. All right, Bill, uh, tell me here in, in about a minute and a half that we have your thoughts on the George Bush funeral this week. Okay, before I get to that, in the, when we come back, I hope we can talk about the column I wrote on religion and clerics um, speaking sermon sermonizing and churches. I hope you read that because I I, I want to know what you think about what I said. All right, okay. The funeral of Bush the Elder, very, very positive for America, shows the world that uh, the country admires patriotism and honesty, and certainly those attributes uh, were part of the Bush the Elder's appeal. Um, You know, obviously the cable news took about 30 seconds after the funeral in Washington was over for them to begin tearing up again and misbehaving. Um, can't stop it. It's an epidemic. Uh, it's disgusting. But I thought the Bush family and the whole presentation was a big plus for the country. What do you think George Bush in the end, uh, George H.W. Bush, will be remembered for? Being, being a decent man. You know, he wrote me two letters that I promised I wouldn't publish until he passed. I have them on BillOReilly.com. Very strong letters back. One about the media bias and the other about Iran-Contra. And I hope all your listeners will go there and read those letters. Mm -hmm. He was an honest man, but fundamentally a decent, kind man. I agree. I had a nice correspondence with him. I agree. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, we're going to talk about his his really powerful op-ed, O Come All Ye Faithful, when we come back. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're 
listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bill O'Reilly has written a, a, a very good op-ed called O Come All Ye Faithful that everybody should read. I, Bill, if I, if I may, I just want to quote a couple parts of it. The faithful are not coming, at least not the way they once did. Churches and synagogues are seeing declining weekly attendance as America becomes a devoted secular nation. The winds of change have not been kind to the spiritual, even as the Christmas season is upon us once again. Much of the diminishment of religion comes from the media, who often marginalizes people of faith, betraying them as zealots who intrude on the rights of others. For example, LGBT pro- uh, progress is met with parades. Uh, those who promote biblical beliefs are accused of bigotry and, sh- and shunned by some. On the subject of abortion, if you stand to protect innocent life, then you're a hater of women not worthy of being taken seriously. Uh, tough to fight uh, that so many millions of folks won't even try, and some of them are supposed to be religious leaders. Centuries of Irish Catholic tradition compel me to attend weekly Mass, even though it's not always a rewarding experience. Uh, that's a pretty brave thing uh, to say as somebody who is faithful, but I think a lot of Americans feel the same way. I go, and sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? Why aren't we talking about real things? Bill. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book called Killing Jesus, and the reason that Jesus had thousands of people following him around was because he stood up on a big rock and uh, gave sermons that, that moved, moved them as, as human beings. And the sermons were, were very explicit, and here's what you do if you want to earn the kingdom of heaven. Here's what you got to do. And it wasn't like, <clears throat> don't do all right. There were a few times when Jesus of Nazareth did that, but very few. It was, this is what you have to do. So now I'm going to church and I'm, I'm listening to some priest tell me about the mustard seed. I got it. It fell on fallow ground and didn't grow up. I got it. I got it. Tell me what I should do when my kid is addicted to a machine in his hand where he can access evil in less than 10 seconds. All right, uh, let's let's deal with something that that you know promotes evil in in a, the easiest way in civilization. How about we deal with that a little bit? How would Jesus see that? And you get nothing, zero, no, nothing even close where you could take it home and and discuss it with your kids, with other people. And, and uh, you know, the average age in my church, people go to Mass every Sunday, is about 80. You know, I mean, kids, you know, I drag my kids, but I got to drag them. Because they sit there, and, and you know, and the priest up there droning on and on and on and on about nothing that relates to contemporary life. And that was the column. And, I'm, you know, I'm saying, look, if you people in the churches and synagogues and all of that, if you want people to become spiritual, you've got to help them. And we're not getting the help back. You know, I, I uh, Bill, I'm rereading um, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I read that when I was a kid because my dad forced me to read it. And so I kind of read it like, oh, i got to read that stuff in a book. Uh, and I, I know what it said, and you know, because my dad did a lesson afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I haven't read it, I think, in, since I was maybe 20. And I just read it again, and I'm going back to read it again uh, and, and really take it apart because 
It really has all of the answers that we're looking for. And nobody is nobody's talking about it. And one of the first chapters is you have to find out what people need and then help them accomplish that. And that's right. one of the things that our churches, I don't think, are doing. They are struggling with so many things. They're under attack at school. They're under attack in society. They're under attack in politics. Right. They're under attack all the time. and Even Christmas is under attack. So you're absolutely right. And by the way, I tried to buy that book, and Barnes & Noble refused to sell it to me. I, I thought that was very unfair. What? They just, yeah. They, they said, O'Reilly, we're not giving you how to win friends. And, you know, <laughs> well, it's no. impossible for you. I think that's, yeah. I think that actually, I think that says that somewhere in the book. This will work for everybody but Bill. But Bill, right. Yeah. And, right. and, and, Look, you've got – I'm sitting here, my head's blowing off. You talk about Kevin Hart. Okay. I got no use for Kevin Hart. I like Kevin. He's all right. He's funny. Nobody wanted the job. <laughs> um, well. You know, it, 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 it's when, you, when you're down to offering, you know, the job to Casey and the Sunshine Band to right. host the Oscars. Right. You know you got a problem. So if they came – let me ask you this. If they came yeah. to you and said, Bill – no, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No, no, you, you can't win. Number number one, I can't pronounce the names of the movies, and I and I'm absolutely not going to see The Shape of Water. I know what The Shape of Water is. <laughs> I'm not standing there. I'm not. I'm not going. That right? would be so such a great. Them. But it would be so uh, great to see you on stage, the Oscar. Just saying that. <laughs> just yeah, saying that. I, just like what are you, you people are all frauds. You're all phonies. Um, you know, I know you're liberal and you hate Trump. Why? Because you want to work. I got it. Everybody okay. got we, it. We have to okay. do our we have to do our own live Oscars here on, on that I, Sunday I, I'm, night. I'm awarding it to High Plains Drifter. I actually watched that last <laughs> night. It was, best picture. It was All right, so back to Kevin Hart. Yeah. Back to Kevin All right, Hart. So so you've got a cultural civil war in the country and one side doesn't fight. That's the traditional spiritual religious side. And I went on a fight. We're not. We're not doing it. So. Well, I think. Can we hang on just a second? Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me play. Let me play what Kevin Hart said because I think this is the way average people feel, and they're they feel. I don't have to fight this because it's so crazy; it just won't stand. But it is standing. But listen to what he said. I swear, man, our world is becoming beyond crazy. I'm not going to let the craziness frustrate me or anger me, especially when I worked hard to get to the mental space that I am at now. My team calls me, oh, my God, Kevin, the world is upset about tweets you did years ago. Guys, I'm almost 40 years old. If you don't believe that people change, grow, evolve as they get older, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to hold people in a position where they always have to justify or explain their past. And do you. I mean, he's right. And so people people don't necessarily fight back because, A, they don't see a way to win. And, B, they're like, you know what? I don't even, I can't even relate to these people. If you don't understand that something I said 10 years ago in a tweet shouldn't be held against me today... And he's I've, a comedian. Right. He's Please. doing a riff. 
But 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 that's a cop out, though, Beck. I mean, to say, oh, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to really do it. Look, then you're ceding control of the American culture to Me Too, Times Up, uh, gay lobby, uh, all of this stuff. So they're going to be the ones that tell you what you can and can't say. Okay, so let me go back to what you just wrote and what you just said, and I thought this was really great. You said, don't tell me what not to do. Tell me what to do. Right. So in the case of, like, Kevin Hart, and you see this, and you're like, this is ridiculous, and you know it's going to happen to you or your kids. So what do you do? Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of currency sticking up for Kevin Hart. As I said, I mean, I don't think this is a, a champion of anything. Um, uh, they just needed a, a person of color to do the show, and then he was selected. But, I, you know, I'm not going to campaign on behalf of Kevin Hart. But in my lifetime, I've been attacked every hour on the hour, distorted, uh, accused, whatever it may be with the sole intent of destroying my voice, because I wrote a book called Culture Warrior, which predicted this would all happen. That if you're going to have no leadership on the traditional spiritual side, what, what leadership do we have, Beck? You're a voice, I'm a voice, there's a few more of us, but not many. Not many. We're outnumbered 100 to 1 in the media. And then you go into the individual churches around the country, and you get the mustard seed. Okay, you get nothing about, look, we believe certain things, and here is the way to promote your belief. Here's what you need to do in your own life to make sure that we spiritual people are represented. You get none of that. So you're basically surrendering to the forces that say, you better not say anything critical of anybody we like, or we're going to destroy you. And that's exactly what's happening. Exactly what's happening. Bill O'Reilly, always good to talk to you. Uh, it's always Is it a, really back? Yeah, it's a pick-me-up. I don't know about everybody else in the audience, but I feel much better. All right. Killing the SS, great Christmas gift. Good to talk and, to you, Bill. Uh, BillOReilly.com will not put you to sleep. Have that's a, for sure. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. You too, and uh, we'll see you in church, Beck. You got it. Bye-bye. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com.